Private Lender Podcast, Episode 59. The Private Lender Podcast quote of the day comes to us from Maya Angelou, who said, You can only become truly accomplished at something you love. Don't make money your goal. Instead, pursue the things you love doing and then do them so well that people can't take their eyes off you. This is the Private Lender Podcast, the show that shares practical advice and know-how for new and seasoned lenders, from private mortgages on single-family houses to joint ventures on commercial projects and beyond. Discover details about investment vehicles that you won't find at your local bank or online broker. Listen and learn from private lenders and real estate investors, as well as from professionals and entrepreneurs, as they share the details, strategies, and the insight that allows for successful and prosperous lending. Now, get ready to increase your ROI. Here's your host, Keith Baker. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Private Lender Podcast, the only podcast known to mankind that is dedicated to helping private lenders keep their money safe while building wealth with old world pragmatism and without banks or Wall Street. If you're looking for a way to learn how to build wealth by utilizing time-tested methods in this ever-changing world, then my friend, you are in the right place. My name is Keith Baker, and I'd like to welcome you to episode number 59. Today, we are breaking new ground here. We're going to reach a new milestone as this episode is the first of its kind, a listener spotlight, an episode where I interview a listener who is actively lending money and seeking to expand their network. The idea is for you to hear the ins and outs of lending from somebody in the trenches every day, someone besides me. I'm excited to get to today's interview with my guest, Nomi Yaw, but before we do, let's go ahead and thank our sponsor, County Tax Sale App. This episode of the Private Lender Podcast is proudly sponsored by CountyTaxSaleApp.org. With CountyTaxSaleApp.org, you get a very powerful lead generation tool in the palm of your hand, on your laptop, desktop, or any device you choose. Get real-time alerts for between 300 and 600 properties every month that are coming up for the foreclosure auction in Harris County, Texas, the third largest county in the United States. With this intuitive design and interface, the County Tax Sale App lets you search all properties with highly motivated sellers that are coming up for foreclosure auction. Simply search the map and click on a property to learn important details about that property, such as the address, owner's contact info, minimum bid, and a street view photo. You can save properties to your favorites and contact the sellers directly and receive email and text alerts if one of your favorite properties is redeemed or canceled prior to the auction. You can even listen to Sammy Gupta on episode 28 of this podcast as he discusses all the powerful features and benefits of CountyTaxSaleApp.org. For more information, go to the Private Lender Podcast sponsor page, the show notes page for this episode, or to CountyTaxSaleApp.org. That's CountyTaxSaleApp.org. Ladies and gentlemen, the nexus of today's episode was an email from a listener that said she was traveling to Texas in the near future to look for deals to lend on and would like to meet me and talk about all things private lending, which that in itself I thought was really cool. And then she offered to buy me barbecue, which is my kryptonite. So how could I say no? I met Nomi Yaw in Austin late on a Sunday morning in near the end of 2018. And I listened to how she prefers to lend, how she likes to structure her deals and how she lends for cash flow. And also had some damn fine brisket. But it was during that conversation that I realized that I wanted to have people like Nomi on the podcast so they could share their stories, tell us of their genius moves and maybe their mistakes and regrets as well. This sort of thing has made the podcast so much more enjoyable than I could have imagined. And I really hope you enjoy the first Lender Spotlight with Nomi Ah. So let's get to the interview. 
Linder Nation, today I'm honored to have a listener spotlight with listener Nomi Yaw. Nomi, welcome to the Private Lender Podcast. Hey, Keith, glad to be here. And thank you so much for reaching out and agreeing to do this. This is a new segment that we're I'm trying this year in 2019. And just a quick little background, Nomi signed up for the email list and I finally sent an email out and she responded and filled out a survey and then emailed me and said, I'm going to be in Austin, Texas. Can we meet up and I'll buy you lunch? And she said, barbecue. I said, I'm there. So we had a great afternoon just chatting about real estate and lending and everything. And she graciously agreed to come on. And so again, thank you. And I'm looking forward to this. How you been? I've been great. Yeah, my first podcast and I'm real excited. All right. Well, first, give us a little background about yourself. What type of environment do you come from? Corporate finance or... Because I know you have a very interesting background, so please tell everybody. Well, yes, I've been a corporate financer for... No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been in the music industry for 25 years. I toured around the world, got a gold record, did perform in front of 100,000 people, got a whole lot of milestones with my music career. And then I'd have to say I sort of aged out of the touring part of it. I'm still a songwriter and have some success, but I got into more and more into real estate. And I've always been interested in real estate, but I finally hung up the touring gear and put on the real estate thing. And I, so I, I started with a whole bunch of rentals. Then I just sold off all my rentals. Now I'm just doing lending. Okay. And Lender Nation, I've seen the gold record. She took the uh, laptop and showed it to me on the wall. So it's legit. That's great. I love uh, the musical background and also real estate. So what part of the country do you live in? And do you invest in your own backyard or you go across state lines? Well, as a landlord, I only invested where I live, which is Northern California. But now as a lender, I only have one note in California and I'm doing the rest in Texas and Missouri and open to other places as well. I'm curious, what made you choose Texas and Missouri? Well, you can get house for a lot less than you can here. So here it would take all my resources to get one house and there I can get multiple houses. That makes sense. You can scale it a little more, diversify the risk. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So what are your goals in becoming a private lender? What is your primary investment objective with that? Is it cash flow? Yeah, it's definitely cash flow and also generational wealth. Okay. Want to leave a legacy. Okay. I like that. Very good. Well, as a musician, you don't have any retirement plan. So when you stop performing, royalties trickle in, but they're not dependable. So it's really a retirement plan for myself. Okay. Interesting. So the loans that you have made out in Texas and Missouri, kind of walk us through, what do they look like? Single family, rehabs or rentals, or walk us through the mechanics of those loans. Well, let's say they're all a little bit different, but mostly they're single family homes. And most of them have come through real estate investors where I actually own part of it and they own part of it. Okay. So you have equity stakes in addition to the mortgage and the interest. That's not how we set it up. We haven't set it up as an equity stake. We've set it up as a loan or a hypothecation. Oh, okay. Let's delve into that a little bit and explain that because that's one, it's a big word and two, not a whole (laughs) lot of folks understand what it is. So can you walk us into that? Yeah. So for example, I have a property where a real estate investor bought a house for $22,500 and they turned around and sold it for $65,000 with an owner finance note. And then they needed to pay off a short-term hard money lender. And so then I gave them a long-term note. So I specialize in long-term notes because I want a stable environment 
And I believe that balloons create an unstable environment. You have to go and replace that balloon. So you have to take action. Whereas when you have a long-term loan, you could refinance it or sell it, but you could also just keep it. So you've created the possibility of a long-term stable cash flow. Absolutely. So when they hypothecated the note to me in that case, they gave me a first lien for $22,500 on a $65,000 property. So they're collecting from that $65,000 note and turning around and paying me $22,500 note. So that's the hypothecation. Interesting. Basically, a debtor pledges collateral to secure a debt or as a condition of that debt. So in this sense, you refinanced the hard money lender out and the investor was able to sell with owner financing. Now you have a nice note and a $22,000 investment on a, based on a $65,000 note, and which, as you know, is going to pay out more than $65,000 over the life of that loan. So you've really gone a good way of creating something stable there. I like that. Yeah. And so I'm looking to go more into that where I'm looking for real estate investors who are good at finding deals and using seller finance. And I'd like to come up with a way of doing long-term financing for these deals so that they can end up with part of the note and I can end up with part of the note. I see. Okay. So more than just a rehab loan. This is why I find this interesting because this isn't just, I need X, we'll turn it into Y and then I'll pay you back Z. And I like this because this is, like you said, it's more of a legacy. It's a bit of a longer term. Know me or myself are not selling or buying securities or anything like that, but I'd like you to run through sort of an example of what you'd further like to do. You sent me something about you purchase a property at $75,000, for example, that an investor does. They put up some cash, borrow the rest from you at 10%. And then after the rehab, they sell the property with seller financing. And instead of giving you the money back, you just have them say, okay, let's create, turn that into a note to where I can get my monthly payments without a balloon. Right. And so the real estate investor can keep part of the note too, and they can keep the whole down payment. So if you look at that example that I sent you, I made a loan so that a real estate investor could buy a house for 75000 fix it for 15000 So we're in it for ninety, And I lent them 70000 So then when they sell the house, in this example, they sold it for 140000 They have a note for 125000 That's how we did in the example. So they have a seller finance loan for 125000 to the buyer. And then they're going to turn around, instead of paying me my 70000 back, they pay me back part of that $125,000 loan. So they're going to pay me, in this case, 93000 of that note, and they're going to keep the remaining 31000 Gotcha. So they get the down payment, which in this case is 15000 cash flow in their pocket, plus the remainder of that note, which they can write out for 31000 or sell it or whatever extra strategy they want if they want if they want to turn it into quick cash or have something steady. Or they could sell it to me. Or they can sell it back to you. Yeah. Okay. That is quite interesting. And these examples will be on the show notes. You can just go to privatelenderpodcast.com and go to this this episode show notes and there'll be links for these. And let's walk through another example where this one's a little different and I like it because it's a lot more advanced than what I would say is your normal run of the mill private loan. This is more in the area of development and where you find uh, the 40 acres and it was uh, parceled out and subdivided. And then you created multiple notes off of this. Walk us through that, please. Okay. And this example was a 40 acre parcel that someone was selling for 200,000. And 
it would cost, I believe it was 20000 just to get the subdivision to work. I think that involved possibly just dividing it, maybe putting a road or something on it. Pretty minimal. It's basically just raw land. It's basically just going down to the city council or the county and having them allow it to be subdivided. Right, which you would have to know in advance before you got into the deal. So the real estate investor that I would work with would find the properties, do the subdivision. I would just make the loan. And then they would split that 40 acres up into five-acre parcels. I mean, I've even heard of cases where they split it up into one-acre parcels, the smaller, the more profitable. But in this case, it was eight parcels for five acres each. And they got a down payment of $5,000 for each one and a note for $45,000. So they sold a five-acre parcel for $50,000. So then they have eight $45,000 loans plus $40,000 in down payments they can put in their own pocket. And then out of those eight $45,000 loans, they're going to give me five. And I'm actually going to end up owing them a little bit more. So I would give them, what did I say, about $8,000 or so just to make it an even five notes. So then I'm going to own five notes. They're going to own three notes. Gotcha. And all they have to do is just, you'd agree to loan and they go to the city, get it subdivided. And it seems like a pretty nice little payout there. Everybody keeps saying, oh, we need money. We need money. And everybody's thinking in terms of two kinds of money. you got hard money and then you got the super passive, you know, retired person with some funds. But I'm not really in either camp. And I think you're not either. The Private Letter Podcast, I think, is for people who are more active. And so after two years of sort of struggling with all the different options, there's like millions of niches. And it took me a couple of years to land on this one. But I think it's a very profitable for me and for the real estate investor and workable for the buyer. So I am currently really looking for some investors to work with, one deal at a time. But I'd like to find somebody I could do multiple deals with. Gotcha. Oh, absolutely. Why reinvent the wheel, right? If you can just get a phone call and say, yeah, let's do it. And that's really what this is all about. It's creative financing. It's building your network so that you can find people to work together because private lending is not for everybody. Your niche of private lending is not for everybody. Wholesaling is not for everybody. There are enough variances and variations that if you build a big enough network and work it, then you can find what you need and put it to good use. And you can kind of fly under the radar of the security laws as as long as you keep it personal and one-on-one without advertising. So this is what I really like about private lending and also what you're doing and the fact that you got on a plane, came to Texas and was looking for deals, looking for people. And tell me, who did you, did you go to any RIA meetings or what did you focus on on that trip? I had a RIA meeting I was invited to, I was supposed to go and I missed it because I had a very interesting meeting with somebody else. So I just prioritized the meeting I was having. So I'm going to have to come back and... (laughs) Maybe I belong to the Houston RIA, but I didn't actually make it to Houston. So I'd probably come back next year and do that. Okay. And I assume you like the relatively short foreclosure laws in Texas? Yes, I very much like that. There's a lot of things about Texas I like. There's a lot of property of different values. You can get like that, like I said, a $20,000 property, and you can also go up to four or 500000 And there's a lot of really booming areas in Texas. I really like it there. A lot of folks are still moving in. And even though you know, oil dipped here in Houston, our three major markets, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, and San Antonio, the doors are still open. People are coming in, it seems like, all the time. They expect growth, even though I hear that the housing market is cooling off, at least in the Houston area. And I understand probably a little statewide, not failing, not crashing, just natural ebbs and flows of the market. It's cooling off. Except for maybe Austin, because I heard that they're getting Amazon now. 
or is it Google? I think it's Amazon, but I can't remember. I can't remember. Austin is the California of Texas. It's its own totally. special area. <laughs> and I still love the shirts that say, keep Austin weird. I'm all for it <laughs> myself. But well, cool. That's one of the reasons I've fell into private lending is because I can take a property back if I have to. In Texas, it's very, you know, I will never loan, for example, in New York State because it could take years to take California a too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, California, I won't invest in California. I would love to, especially on the bottoms. But for me, it's, it's the same thing. I can invest in one house in California or I can have multiple here at home and it doesn't require any travel. But I am looking into going across. A lot of people ask, write in about loaning in other states and I don't do it myself yet. I'm looking into it and I don't speak about it because I don't feel like I know enough yet. But that's why I wanted to bring you on because you've already started to do it. Is there anything different from making the loan to a property in California than in Texas or Missouri? Yeah, well, just some of the documents are different. Some of the terms are different. I don't know if you get this, but I mean, people are always stumbling over how to phrase a kind of like seller carryback, seller finance, owner finance, installment sale. I don't even know what, I mean, this is my business and I don't even know what phrase to use. (laughs) It's sort of state, or actually, I think it's also title company dependent, it seems like, because I've seen it, seller finance, owner financed. And the carryback, I don't hear so much in Texas, but I do in other states. It's the same thing. It's all, yeah, different terminology. You know, is it a mortgage or a promissory note or deed of trust? Well, it's, yeah, there are documents that secure that loan to that property and so on and so forth. So that's the most confusing thing about out of state is just getting used to the ins and outs of the details. And you just a lawyer in that state, whatever state you're lending in? Yeah. How do you make that contact, bring that person into your network? Just through recommendations. There's a lot of stuff going on online. I'm sure you do a lot of business without leaving your house, even if it's in Houston. You know, you don't have to travel places to do business. The hardest part is that, and one of the reasons I went out to Texas is you have to make the initial contacts with people. Like if I hadn't gone to Texas and met with you in person, I wouldn't be here on this podcast today. So there is something to be said to actually getting out there and hoofing it a bit, but not on every deal, but just maybe a few times a year. Yeah. Going back to Steve and Michelle Green. Now they live in New Zealand and they come over once a year. They still do their investing in Texas. Yeah, there's hurdles. There's challenges, especially when you're, I think it's 19 hours ahead <laughs> or whatever it is. There are some certain challenges, but that's where money's made when you solve problems and solve challenges. And that's where you can make money. I like to immediately, you're like a go-getter. Hey, I want to be in, in Austin. And I told my wife, I say, a listener like, wants to meet me. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I was the opposite. I was like, wow, Keith Baker's actually meeting me. (laughs) I've been listening to your podcast since the very first one because I didn't even know what a podcast was until last December, which is right when you started your podcast. And so I was like, oh, podcast, that's cool. And I started looking up lenders and yours popped right up because you got the best name. So thank you. Yeah. I have a lender podcast. I'm hoping that name has a lot of brand equity in the future. And there are some podcasts I absolutely love, and but the name has nothing to do with <laughs> with what they're about. So I wanted a private lender, let everyone know this is yeah, this is what it's about. A note to everyone listening, if you want some time with me, I take barbecue bribes, as no one <laughs> can attest to. I love a good brisket and I will drive to meet you within reason. And Texas being in Central Texas, the Post Oak Wood and very, very famous, a lot of famous barbecue joints in that area. And Nomi treated me to Cooper's on Red River. So a shameless plug for Cooper's barbecue. That was quite delicious. They won best brisket in Austin this year. So (laughs) I thought it was pretty good. Yes, it was. I thought it was very good. So thank you for that. And Nomi, I hate to cut this short, but 
I know that your background is extremely interesting. So tell the listeners something that most people don't know about you. Okay, well, I started hinting about this at, at our meeting, so I have to give you the story of how I met Charlie Manson. <laughs> <laughs> Please do tell. Yeah, because not too many people have met him. <laughs> no. So I was about six or seven years old, and I lived in a little northern California town called Albion outside Mendocino. It's about four or five hours north of San Francisco. And it's a tiny, tiny little town. You know everybody. And my mom was taking me, we were driving down to the store and my mom stopped to pick up a hitchhiker. Everybody picked up hitchhikers because you knew everyone. Well, it was a guy named Crazy Charlie. So we pick up Crazy Charlie and say, oh, my mom says, oh, we're just going to drive him down to the store and that's all we're doing. And he's like, okay, that's fine. And then he didn't say another word. He just sat there, very, very quiet guy. And I looked in the rear view mirror and he had whites around his whole pupils. And that's why they called him crazy, Crazy Charlie, because he had those weird eyes. But he was very quiet and kind of dirty, scruffy looking. So we get down to the store. He gets out. No problem. About 15 years later, I'm back in Albion visiting. And I overhear some people talking about Crazy Charlie was in the news. So I go up and I say, oh, I met Crazy Charlie. I, why was he in the news? And they all just stopped and stared at me. And they're like, don't you know who Crazy Charlie is? They were like, that was Charles Manson. It was about a year before all the murders and his arrest and stuff. Then if you go online, I went online to make sure I wasn't wrong about this. I was, and it turns out that Charles Manson and some of his followers were in the Mendocino area in 1967, 68. So it really was him. <laughs> Talk about getting chills. I got really bad chills. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... That. That is a wild, wild story. <laughs> How could you know you're picking up like the guy who organized one of the most gruesome murders in American history and uh, you gave him a ride? This sounds weird. That's cool. I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's a morbid cool, but it's really interesting. And I'm the glad- The moral of the story you, is don't pick up hitchhikers. Don't pick up hitchhikers. Exactly. <laughs> don't pick up. And you don't Especially have to Especially when worry. you got your six or seven year old daughter in the car. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time back then. <laughs> I'm sure. How can people get in touch with you if they'd like to speak with you about what you do or learn more, or maybe they want some barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> well, my company is called Elohe Loans. That's E-L-O-H-E. And you can reach me at Elohe Loans at com. That's E-L-O-H-E-L-O-A-N-S. Elohe Loans at com. And you can also call 707-931- one three nine six, and I am very much interested in talking to some real estate investors who want to work with me. Okay, sounds good. Again, not offering any securities or mortgages or anything, but just informational purposes only. And Nomi, again, thank you for coming on today and agreeing to being interviewed. And great talking to you in Austin. Great talking to you here. And I wish you all the best. Thanks, Nomi. Take care. Take care. And there it is. I want to thank Nomi Yaw for sharing her story and lending criteria with us and for reaching out to me and making all this possible and making all this come together. Please make sure you go to the show notes to find out ways to connect with Nomi, emails, websites, phones, and learn a little bit more about how she likes to structure her private loans to real estate investors. The Private Lender Podcast is completely free and the only price that I ask for listening is that you please leave me a rating and review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or whatever platform you're using to hear my voice. 
Also, please help spread the word and help others find us to listen and learn. And connect with me on social media. You can go to privatelenderpodcast.com and get all the links to Facebook, Bigger Pockets, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, even though I don't tweet a whole lot. And also, I ask your patience and more patience and more patience. But go ahead and go to the privatelenderacademy.com and sign up to get on the I will deliver this education waiting list and be the first to learn how to gain access once the academy goes live. That's privatelenderacademy.com. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you sharing your time with me today. Please keep reaching out. I really do appreciate all the feedback I've been receiving. And besides health and success, I wish you safe and prosperous private lending. I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Private Lender Podcast with your host, Keith Baker. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit privatelenderpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time.